friends and welcome to another episode of the REP podcast. This is a brand new season and I am so excited to be able to share the knowledge that I have in store for you for this particular season. We're going to be focusing a lot on emotional intelligence, not only what it is and why it's important, but also looking intensely at each of the quadrants that are included as part of the emotional intelligence whole. And my intention with this series is to support you to increase your emotional intelligence so that you can go out into the world and develop amazing relationships and find success in every single endeavor that you choose. Emotional intelligence for me is the cornerstone of most of the work that I do with my clients. And I wanted to be able to give this information in its theoretical form to those of you who are not able to work with me right now so that you can start the process of understanding what emotional intelligence is and perhaps even glean some really useful tools from this series that you can use for the rest of your life. So with that in mind, let's get in to session one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the REP podcast. Today we're going to be looking into the four quadrants of the emotional intelligence whole. If this is your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. I do highly suggest that you listen to the episode prior just because that sets the scene for what we're about to delve into. So in this episode, we're going to look at the four different quadrants that make up the emotional intelligence intelligence whole. And let's start with one of the most important parts I mentioned in the first episode of the series is self-awareness, self-awareness. So if you look at the whole of the emotional intelligence circle, if you divide it into two, there is personal skills and social skills. And Of the personal skills, that's divided into two. And of the social skills, that's divided into two. And the personal skills, which is really all about you, includes self-awareness and self-management. And then the social half, which is also divided into two, includes social awareness and relationship management. And this episode is going to talk about all of those things. And so when we start to look at self-awareness, The reason that we want to start looking at this very important fourth is because when we start with ourselves, when we start to understand ourselves very intimately, when we know about the reason we do things, the reason why we feel the way we feel about anything and everything, it not only gives us a very good idea of how we are in the world, but it also, more importantly, in my view, gives us real-time live information on how to support others within our lives. So we learn how to perceive our own emotions and tendencies. 
we get to the point where we can almost predict reactions because they're so typical. And not only that, we understand why we react in the way we do. And then we do something that is almost counterintuitive to what we normally do. And that is we spend time with the uncomfortable feelings and we analyze them. We figure out where they come from. We figure out what exactly is it that pushes our buttons. Yeah. And from there, we can move on and understand what we do well, what motivates us, what satisfies us. And this holds us in good stead. As I said in the previous episode, that when crisis hits, we know exactly how we're going to manage the situation, what we're going to do. And this is important because to know thyself is power. It's powerful. It's empowering. This is really what the whole point of this work is. So an example of good self-awareness, I've got nine here that I'd like to share with you. Uh, Good self-awareness means that you are very clear about what you want and you're a little bit more focused on the long-term goal than short-term gain. So you don't give in to little impulses. You understand what those impulses are, um, why you're attracted to them, what's the underlying root cause of your attraction. And from there, you're able to mitigate those risks and see the long-term goal for what it is and move towards that rather than giving into little whims. Number two is that you're upfront and you don't play games. Uh, This is because you know yourself so well and so you know exactly what you stand for, what you won't settle for and what you want. Now it's really important to remember that these non-reactionary states, this of what I mentioned forms part one and two, the long-term goals, not getting mixed up in the short-term little gains and also not playing games. If this is something you've been habitually used to, it's going to take a while for you sometimes in some cases to become non-reactionary. And it's really important that you give yourself patience and understanding throughout this process. It takes time. It takes time. And the reason it takes time is because you're in life. You're using life as your school. And so as things come up, you're going to make the time, you're going to have to carve out the time to assess the situation before you sit with yourself to provide your own feedback and solutions on how you want to move through. That in itself is a whole process. That in itself is the process. And through that process, you learn how to manage your emotions or how and where to allow those those emotions to process through you so as not to have your emotions manage you, which is to say not to allow the reactionary response rather than the responses, the reactions rather than the responses. 
By doing this, my friends, I promise you, you will remain cool, calm, and collected, even when you feel frustrated and angry. I promise you, if you start to do this slowly but surely, it might take you a month, a year, five years. But once you've got this down packed, it's really easy for you to stay calm. You learn about yourself so much that you can feel a trigger in your body and you know that you are animated. And in that moment, because you've practiced it for so long, you know to say one of the following. I have to get back to you on that one. Can I give you a call back? Or I just need a moment to to compose. Or this conversation isn't going anywhere right now. I'm just going to take five. Is that okay? Instead of blowing your lid. It's that simple. Because in that moment of being frustrated and angry, we all know what it feels like to let rip. We know exactly what it feels like to tell someone exactly what we feel, only to regret it five minutes later. And these techniques help us to assess the situation in that moment, to ask for what we want, to give us space from the trigger or the stimuli so that we can regroup and then approach the situation in a cool, cool, calm and collected way. And in time, what happens is that the space required, the time required becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. And you're able to manage it and recompose right there in the moment. Mm. Once you get to that point, you'll find that you develop this whole new sense of honesty about what you're feeling without getting bent out of shape. You can communicate what it is that you're feeling because you know yourself that well that you understand your emotions and you can communicate that without being emotionally charged or animated. What that brings to the table is a firmness in a kind way in any situation. There's no name calling, there's no shouting, there's no screaming. It's firm yet kind. And it's open and authentic. We're not asking you to be anything other than what you are. We're just asking for you to learn how to get to the point where you can maintain your composure and speak that which it is you're feeling. Speak your truth. And this includes being aware of your tone. This includes being appropriate in the language you use. And all of this, my friends, leads to trust of yourself and also others trusting you. Yeah, self-awareness is the most important piece of this whole. I'm going to say it again. Self-awareness is the most important piece of the emotional intelligence whole. The second part of the personal half (laughs) is self-management. 
managing the self. You can see how self-awareness actually includes self-management. So self-management in itself scaffolds on from self-awareness. And this is really just your ability to use your awareness and stay flexible. Be adaptable. Examples of this would be patience and understanding during heated and or emotionally charged experiences. Yeah. Active listening. Responding with knowledge and wisdom. And if you've got nothing to say about that, then you just don't say anything. Not just speaking for the sake of speaking, just to get it off your chest. It's really about responding with knowledge and wisdom. You're sensitive, yet direct. You're polite and at times professional when required, even when you're upset. And here's the big one. This is the biggest one for me when it comes to self-management is that you don't speak negatively about others regardless of their opinions or their ideas. This is self-management. This is the managing of the self. That doesn't mean that you have to agree with everyone. That doesn't mean that you have to condone others' behavior, but it's really about making sure that you are not a negative voice in the world. Yeah, and that if you've got something to say that's constructive, you say it in a way that's kind and sensitive even though you're very direct and to the point. Mm. Examples of lacking good self-management. You ready? When you respond very quickly, sharply, and it's disjointed. This is generally caused by stress. This is a trigger event, something that's been triggered in, within you, and you go out guns blazing. This is kind of like the verbal outburst, right? Mm. As you can imagine, too much negative talk is also a really bad example of self-management. Um, this is where people badmouth one another. Yeah, you're talking badly about others. Big no-no. It's not cool, man. Something that's a little bit more sly is when you have this undercurrent of jealousy or envy and so because of that you don't congratulate your colleagues or your staff or your family about their achievements because yeah it's just really bad self-management you're not aware of that piece that jealousy piece that's coming up and it manifests in you just being gnarly and nasty and then of course reactivity instead of proactivity yeah, so that's kind of the, there's a lot more to be said about those two quadrants, as you can imagine, of which we will explore in future episodes. But when you're looking at the personal self in emotional intelligence, that's the basis of it. And then we go to the second half, which is social, which is really about others or the other. And we're looking at social awareness and then relationship management. Okay, so social awareness is really the ability to pick up on emotions in other people and to understand what's really going on with them. It helps you to stay focused, 
and absorb critical information. It helps you to observe and listen, really listen to what's going on around you. These are the most important elements of social awareness. Just stop talking. Stop creating a monologue in your mind about how you're going to respond or what you're going to say next. It's really about being an anthropologist and witnessing and watching people's behaviors, not only what's coming out of their mouth, but also what's their body language like? How do they feel energetically to you? What are the nonverbal cues that are coming out of this conversation? This is really what social awareness is all about. So examples of good social awareness is when you can read the emotions of others. You can read it. You can read a room. And then you adjust accordingly. You adjust to different situations. So if you walk into a room and there's a somber mood and you can tell that, you know, there's a very negative vibe, let's use that as an example, then you can in that moment assess what's happening and choose very intentionally what it is that you're going to, how you're going to respond to that mood within the room. That doesn't mean that there's only one way to respond to it, of course. There are many different ways and you use your good judgment in that moment. But it's really about being aware of what's happening around you. What's, what this is going to help you build is good relationships because you're going to have a really good idea on how to relate to others. In doing so, you can be a positive force in the world by learning through this very simple act of social awareness. You can learn how to lead conversations without controlling other people. I'm going to say this again, guys, listen up. You can lead conversations without controlling other people. Yeah, I'll just leave that one there for a moment. You also have the uncanny ability to spot and address the elephant in the room. And through learning powerful communication strategies, you can address that elephant in the room in a calm, confident, proactive way, which obviously comes from your ability to self-manage, which then scaffolds on from being self-aware. Do you see how they all kind of fit like a beautiful little jigsaw puzzle? You're able to acknowledge other people's feelings, hold space for their emotions without feeling like you have to go in and fix it. Let other people have their own experiences and then adapt your communication style to help them if they want help, if they're there for a resolution, you can provide that for them because A, you know how to hold them in their pain or their confusion. You know what it feels like because guaranteed you've felt some form of that in your life before. And you can approach the situation, the conversation in a way that is kind and clear and direct and respectful. 
And respect is a really big part of this, right? Respectfully listening before you offer your opinion. This is just all to say that you have a sincere interest in understanding people and you offer valuable insights based on what they're saying or doing or asking for. There's so much going on in the world at the moment where everybody is just telling others what to do, how to feel, where to go. Gosh, we could honestly do a whole series on that alone, but it's really important for us to understand that every single person on this planet is having an emotional experience and it is valid and it is welcome. There is no need to go in and change someone else's emotional experience. That is not your job. Your job is to learn about yourself so that you can hold space, not only for yourself through emotional challenge, turmoil and upheaval, but also so importantly, to act as a catalyst for change within your community by doing the same for others. Examples of a lacking in social awareness is where you don't seek to understand and all you do is you speak your opinion and you offer solutions or advice that is unsolicited. Gosh, you just need to jump on social media nowadays to experience this. Another way that we can show lacking social awareness is where we're not really present in a conversation. We are thinking in our own minds, obviously, what it is that we are going to say, but we're not even paying attention to what the other is saying. And the third way is that we are unwilling to accept other people's viewpoints or their input as to why they're making the decisions that they're making. We just don't even want to know about it. We're not even interested. That's lacking in social awareness. And so the fourth and the final piece of this is relationship management. Let me be very clear. Your whole life is about relationships. Not only relationship to self of which we have covered, but relationships with others. And relationship management is really a combination of self-awareness, self-management and social awareness. All three of those EQ skills are included as part of this fourth quarter. And as we progress through the upcoming sessions, it's important for you to understand and remember that these are skills. Skills are learnt. Skills are learnt. And it's not like you are born with a high emotional intelligence. You learn it. You pick it up from your carers or your parents or your culture or the people you work with or the people you go to school with. All of these things are created and absorbed by your brain as a program. And so you can learn these skills. You know, IQ, emo emotional intelligence is not like IQ. IQ you're born with. 
it's said, right? And I'm not an um, any sort of specialist when it comes to IQ. I'm not aware of all the details. But EQ, yes, you can absolutely learn these skills. Relationship management is really about using your own emotions to manage relationships effectively and successfully. You cannot have good relationships without knowing yourself and understanding your own emotions. Once you know how to use your own emotions, as we've seen in the other quadrants, you're able to clearly communicate and this leads to the constructive handling of conflict. It leads to a better understanding of people and how you treat them. And it, by having good relationships, you develop this resiliency as you move your way through the world. It's the product of quality, depth, and time you spend interacting with others. It is not about how many friends you have on Facebook or followers on Instagram or acquaintances that you have at work. Relationships are built on quality conversations, on the depth of that conversation and the time you spend interacting with that person. Mm. We all know that relationships are challenged during times of stress. If you don't know how to deal with any problematic behaviors within a relationship, that in itself will fester. And when you passively avoid problems because of any number of reasons, but mostly because there's a lack of skills needed, you don't have the skills to initiate a constructive conversation then that's where the relationship becomes a problem. So examples of good relationship management are the ability to read people and their emotions. Uh, you can create a safe environment for those around you and invite constructive discussions. You are pleasant and professional, even when they are demanding workloads. And there is always respect within that relationship. That's a good example, right? When there's always respect. Another one that's really important is conf uh, the confidence that you have in someone not repeating what you tell them. There's a trust in that relationship. And that makes you a little bit sensitive to others. And that's really important in relationships. 
you ask the right amount of questions to handle situations, you provide advice only when asked, you're assertive, you speak up with kindness and authority without anger or emotional verbal outbursts, you're patient and empathetic, you're a really good listener, you collect feedback before drawing conclusions, you're non-judgmental, you give people the benefit of the doubt and assume the best of them, you give praise and encouragement where praise and encouragement is due, and you counsel in a realistic and compassionate manner. No bypassing, no trying to fix it or making the other person just feel better because you feel uncomfortable in the situation. You're compassionate and realistic in the way that you counsel. And it's important to remember here that counseling doesn't only mean that you do it as a counselor. You can counsel your friend in a friendly way, right? Your friend comes to you after going through a challenge at work, perhaps you can be there for them. This is relationship management. You know, a lot of the work that I'm speaking of, as you can tell, has got its place in the corporate space as well. And yeah, sometimes it requires for you to be professional within a work environment. But if you're using this series for the development of high EQ within your personal relationships, then that gets applied. Yeah, the camaraderie, the friendship, the other elements that are included as part of being really close and intimate with someone. And I'm going to end this episode just with some examples of a lack of relationship management that you can spot in your own life, where you react instead of responding, where you're not able to show appreciation for other people, where you find faults in every single situation, where you are judgmental and all you do is provide negative feedback and there's always a hint of belittlement within that. I want you to take some time and if you need to go back and re-listen to this, please do. There's a lot of information in here. I could do a whole day seminar on these four quadrants. And don't get too overwhelmed. Don't allow the brain to shut down and run away from it. Spend some time with each of these examples understand yourself to the point where you can identify if that fits and go easy, go easy on yourself, have some patience with yourself. And I will see you in the next episode where we look at some self-awareness strategies. Thank you so much for being here. It has been such a joy to share this with you. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. So there you have it. We are done with the episode for today. Should you wish to hang out with me on any social media platforms, Instagram 
is where I hang out the most. My handle is at Ariana Pinar, spelt double N, double A. And if you are looking to jump onto my very important person's mailing list, my VIP mailing list, please click in the link in my bio on Instagram or feel free to jump straight to my website dub.ariana spelt with a double n dot com dot au and I will see you hear from you be with you in the next episode bye for now <laughs>